Hallelujah. Why don't you, uh, if you're able, why don't you just stand with me for a moment. Let's lift our voice in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place today. Thank you, Lord, that you're changing lives. You're setting people free. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, I want you to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for changing lives this weekend, Lord, on the women's retreat. Lord, today, pour out your spirit in our lives, Lord. Change me. Change me, Lord. Change me, Lord. Give me ears to hear what your word is saying today, what your spirit is saying. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm not going to preach long. Uh, we've had a whole bunch of sermons this morning. But I, I want you to slap your neighbor and say, God's got a word for you today. I want to wrap this up. If you can just give me a few moments, I just want to wrap this up into one. Y'all just, if you can just stay, that'd be great. I want to wrap this up. John chapter 5. If you have your Bibles in John chapter 5, that's the healing at the Bethesda pool. How many of you know the story? The healing at the Bethesda pool. In John chapter 5 and verse 1, it says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And there is a, in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. And these lay a great multitude. Everybody say great multitude. This wasn't just one man. This was a great multitude of sick people, blind, the lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. That's why, just get in this morning. <laughs> the water is being stirred. The river is flowing. Just step in. There's healing in his river. Now a certain man, everybody say a certain man. We don't know the man's name, but Jesus knew his name. We don't know his story, but Jesus did. It was a certain man who was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. He had this sickness for as long as I've been alive. 38 years. I want you to think about how long, how much suffering this man had been through. And he had been laying there. And when Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had been there in that condition for a long time. And he said to the man, do you want to be made well? Jesus has walked in the room today and he's asking you, do you want to be made well? Do you want the disease to be broken? Do you want the disease of addiction, the disease of, of fear, of anxiety, of worry? Do you want to be made well today? Verse 7, the, the sick man said, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately, everybody say immediately. The man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. And the Jews therefore said to him who was cured, It is the Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to carry your bed. In other words, we'd rather you stay broken. 
today's not a good day for your healing. Today's not a good day for you to, it's not comfortable for us for you to be whole. So we'd rather you just stay sick. Can you stay on your bed of sickness? Can you stay in your place of brokenness? Can you stay in your place of worry? Can you stay, come on now, somebody. The religious the religious people don't want you up walking around and be made whole. They try to shut it down. But Jesus made room for a man who couldn't walk. Jesus made room on the day that it was unlawful. Today, Jesus has made room for your healing. He's made room for your provision. He's made room for your breakthrough. So tune out what everybody else has got to say about it and just walk in freedom. Come on, somebody. You didn't hear what I said. It's time to tune out what everybody else has to say about your miracle and just say, Jesus, today is my day for a breakthrough. And he answered, he who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. I don't care what you got to say. The man who made me well. (laughs) I don't care what the religious laws got to say about it. The man who made me well said, get up and take up your bed. Who's got the greater authority? Is it the religious law? Is it your religious box? Or is it the word of the Lord? Who's got greater authority in your life? Is it what everybody else has to say about you? Or is it the word of Jesus? Come on, somebody. Who's got the greater authority in your life? Are you too busy tuning in to what the world has to say? Are you tuning in to what Jesus has to say? Who's got the authority? And they asked him, who's the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? We got a problem with him. But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn. He disappeared because a multitude was in that place. And after Jesus found him in the temple, said to him, see, you have been made well. Said no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. And the man departed and he told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. If you skip down to verse 28, it says, Jesus is speaking. He says, do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Here's a man we know from the story, first off, that he had suffered for 38 years, for a long time. He's at the place of Bethesda. The the name Bethesda means house of mercy or flowing out. If you were to combine the two, it's the place of the flowing mercy. It's the the pool of mercy. The story is we read it here, we understand that the reason people gathered, the multitude, the large crowd was gathered around this spring, this natural spring. The reason they had gathered there was because an angel would step into the waters and stir the waters and the first person in would get healed. Jesus was on his way into Jerusalem. Remember in chapter 4 he had left the Samaritan woman Remember we read in the story that Jesus, it was his destiny, it was his design that he went through Samaria to find the woman at the well. We talked about it last week. Well, here we find Jesus again going through intentionally at the place called Bethesda to find one man, not a crowd, not the multitude, but to find one man who had laid there for 38 years. Jesus chose to walk into the pool of Bethesda for this man. 
We know, first off, Jesus, when he walked in, knew the man. The Bible tells us in Psalms 139 that you know my sitting down and rising up. You know when someone comes and lays me by the pool and you know when they carry me away. You understand my thoughts from afar off. You are acquainted with all my ways. There's not one word in my tongue. Behold, O Lord, that you know it altogether. He knew everything about this man. He knew his illness. He knew how long he had laid there. Jesus knows every detail of your life. He knows every aspect. The Bible says that he even knows the number of hairs on your head. (laughs) Even the ones that fall out. He knows every detail of your life. In Matthew 6, Jesus was talking to his disciples and he said to them, therefore don't be like the Pharisees, the ones who have to show off. Don't be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you ever ask. He knows every detail of your life. And Jesus walks in and sees this man and knows all about him. Not only did he have knowledge, but he had compassion for the man. He comes to the man. He chooses to go to the pool of Bethesda where this, where there's a multitude of need. If you have a need, Jesus is close by. If there's a problem going on in your life, Jesus is always nearby. You know, we find ourselves asking, why did this happen? Or, God, why didn't you do this? I promise if you'll just turn to your right or to your left, he's right there. Don't miss him. He's in the middle of the multitude. He's in the middle of the problem, and he's there to walk with you through it. Here was the man laying out for 38 years. And Jesus asked him an interesting question. He says, do you want to be made whole? You know, the default response there would have been, yes. <laughs> I'm here at the pool. I want to be healed. But instead of saying what he needed, instead of recognizing that the healer was in his midst, his response was an explanation looking for pity. If you only knew, Jesus, what I'd been through. If you only knew the problems of my life. Come on now, don't shout me down when I'm telling you the truth. How many times when Jesus shows up in our life, our response is to try to push past what our real issue is. And Jesus, if you only knew, could you you just have pity on me? Can I tell you that Jesus wants to have more than pity on your life? He has compassion for your life. I said Jesus wants to have more than pity for you. He has compassion. He's moved with compassion. The Bible says that when he saw the crowds, he was moved with compassion in his inner man. He's moved with compassion for you today. You don't have to continue on in your mess. He's moved with compassion. You don't have to continue on struggling with your problem. He's moved with compassion. I, I'm going to, can I tell your story just for a moment? Uh, you know, some of you may not know this. I told him I was gonna, he was going to share his story, and then we, we just had a lot of other stories, so I'm going to tell his story for him. But Brandon went in, what, how long ago? A month? A couple, three weeks ago. Goes into the, what do you call it, dermatologist? Goes into the dermatologist and says, you got, you've got cancer. We need to deal with this. You got skin cancer. We need to deal with this. 
And so they go on, they do the scans, and they, he's got multiple spots. So they come in, and they're examining everything, and then decide to cut out the one by, you know, that whole, how that whole process goes. They were concerned that it was deeper than what it was, and blah, blah, blah. You know the story. So he goes in, they cut it out, they, they do the biopsy, and, and they got it all. Thank you, Jesus. But while they were there, this is funny. When the first visit, they said, yeah, we're going to have to cut out. There's like five other spots. We're going to have to cut all those, too. And when you come back, we're going to schedule the appointment to get all those cut out. Those look bad. They all look the same as the other, et cetera, et cetera. So you all know how those stories go, the doctor report. So he goes in, and they cut out the this, this spot, and they look at the others, and they said, well, that's odd. They all show signs of improvement. We don't need to cut those off. We don't need to cut those out. You don't need to come back in a couple weeks to have that done. <laughs> See, Jesus is moved with compassion. He'll take care, whether, whether you got to walk through and get it cut out, or he's walking through in the moment, step by step. Jesus said, do you want to be healed? Oh, but Jesus, he wanted pity. But Jesus was moved with compassion and healed him anyway. Healed him anyway. There was, there was something deeper. There was another reason Jesus was visiting. And it wasn't just the healing. You see, if it was really just about the healing, Jesus could have had a, a healing crusade. I mean, after all, he was, at the, he was at the pool of Bethesda. There was a multitude of sick people. <laughs> he had a captive audience. If Jesus really wanted to, to have a healing ministry, that was the day to launch it. But he didn't. He drew away. And he found the man later in the temple. And he said to him, he didn't talk to him about his healing. He talked to him about his holiness. The conversation changed from his health to how, how he lived. See, Jesus, Jesus in all of his ministry, when he shows up as your healer, when he shows up as your peace, when he shows up as your joy, when he shows up, when he does those things, it's all about your holiness. He gives you a gift because he wants to open your eyes. He wants to heal your body. The man was lame, but he needed his eyes opened. He needed to know that he could go and sin no more. He needed to know that the same Jesus that brought life into his body was the same Jesus that could be, bring life into his soul. The same power of God that was able to heal him is the same power that was able to save him. Come on now, somebody. The same power of God that's able to deliver you from your addiction. The same power that's able to heal your body. The same power of God that's able to liberate you is the same God, the same power that can save you. He's concerned about your soul today. He's not just concerned about your body. He's concerned about every area of your life. His power is infinite. In Matthew 28, it says all authority. Jesus said all authority. Infinite power. Infinite authority. There's no end to his power. He's mighty to save, Isaiah 63 says. And Luke, the disciples were on the boat. And Jesus steps out and he speaks over the wind and the waves. He goes, shh, literally. Shh. And the wind and the waves die down. And the disciples are amazed. 
at his power over creation. I have a question. How long are you going to wrestle with the Lord? How long are you going to wrestle? How long are you going to wrestle over that issue? How long are you going to sit in your problem? How long are you going to sit in your anxiety? How long are you going to sit in your addiction? How long are you going to sit in your worldliness? How long? Is it enough for you to just keep sitting there? Is it enough for you to keep rolling around in your mess? Come on now, somebody. Or are you going to recognize that the creator of the universe just stepped into your world and has said, I'll raise you up off of this mat. I'll raise you up. Able to speak life over that. He's able to speak life over your family. Yeah, you're uncomfortable because the reality of what you're sitting in, the problem, the mat that you're laying on is identifying you instead of who Christ has called you to be. Right now, you're sitting in the very presence of Almighty God, and He's calling you out of your mess. He's calling you out of your circumstance. He's calling out of your addiction. He's calling you out of your worldliness. He's calling you out of your lust. He's calling you out to get off of that mat and walk in freedom. And he's mighty to save. He's mighty to speak peace over that situation. Jesus did it on the Sabbath day. He did it on the day of rest when nobody's supposed to be healed. Nobody, nobody's supposed to work on the Sabbath. Jesus, you were working. Jesus worked so that you can rest. Jesus worked so that you can be free. Heather said it earlier, you don't have to carry that weight any longer. Jesus came and worked to deal with your burden of sin. Jesus spoke to the man, be made whole. The thing in his life that was causing so many problems for him. Jesus brought rest in a moment of a time. It, you know, it was easy. It was it, what, what used to be work for that man. I want you to think about this. What used to be a job for that man to get carried out every day and laid at the pool of Bethesda on his mat. What used to be work for him now became his joy. What used to be work, carrying that mat, carrying, getting, getting laid out at the pool by his friends being carried on that mat, the thing that used to be his job now was his joy and his delight. God took what used to be his work and made it at his rest. The very thing in your life that holds you captive, Jesus will take it and make it your joy and your delight. He'll put it under your feet. He's made all things, all things to be put under your feet, all of those things that hold you back, the worries and the fears. It's time for them to stop controlling you and time for you to start walking on them. It's time for you to start, see what Jesus did for me. I used to, I used to lay on this mat. I used, to, I used to lay at the pool waiting for somebody to help me down in the waters. But this thing has become my place of victory. This mat, this thing that you used to identify me by, it's become my victory. It's become my joy. I'm no longer identified by my problem. I it's my delight. It's my delight. Paul said it, I'll boast in my weakness. Paul said, I'll boast in my weakness. The thing, why? Because his power, 
His power, somebody say His power. His power is made perfect in my weakness. So today, no matter what the mat is that you're laying on, no matter what the issue is that you're dealing with, maybe it's called life, maybe it's just a drive to be successful. Maybe you're just trying to get your name in lights. Maybe, maybe there's an addiction or a bondage in your life. Maybe you're just trying to find happiness in a relationship that's going nowhere. Maybe you're trying to find your joy in a relationship instead of Him. No matter what your mat is today, Jesus has walked into the room very personal. He's found you, and He's saying, will you be made whole? You can give a bunch of excuses, or you can just yield. You can give a bunch of excuses. If somebody would just have pity on me. If you only knew, Pastor, what I've been through. I may not know the story, and it really doesn't matter if I do. Because Jesus has walked in the room. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Right now, there's someone in this room, every head bowed and eye closed, right now in this room, watching online, there's someone today. Jesus has walked in the room and you wouldn't know him if it was Adam from the garden. You don't know him, but he knows you. And just like he knew this man had been there for 38 years and all that he had suffered, he knows every detail of your life. Do you know him today? Do you know Jesus? The Bible says that there's only one way to heaven. There's only one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no one comes to the Father. No one comes to heaven except, Jesus said, through me. He's the only way. The Bible says that there's one name under heaven given to men by which we can be saved. And that's the name of Jesus. There's only one way to heaven. Say, Pastor, I'm a good person. That doesn't matter. There's people in hell today that are better than you are. Morality, just being a moral person, just being a good person, doesn't get you into heaven. There's only one way, and it's through Jesus Christ. How is it with your soul today? How is it with you and Jesus today? Every head bowed and eye closed. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, that's me. I need to get things right with the Lord before I leave this service. I need to settle things in my life with Jesus before I leave. I need peace with God before I go. If that's you, every head bowed and eye closed. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand right where you're at. Pastor, that's me. I need to settle things in my heart with Jesus before I go. Anyone, God bless you. Anyone else this morning? Anyone else this morning? I need to settle things in my heart with the Lord before I go. Anyone else this morning? Today's your day, friend. Anyone else? Anyone else this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. Here's what we're going to do before we go anywhere else. This is the most most important decision of your life. This is the most important moment of your lifetime right now in this moment. Before we go anywhere, our worship team is going to sing. And if you've raised your hand, maybe you raised your hand, maybe you didn't raise your hand, and you don't know where you stand with the Lord, I want you to get out of your seat, and I want you to make a public, public statement. Lord Jesus, I want to follow you. Come on, get out of your seat. Come on, worship team. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I need to make a decision to follow Christ. Come on, I need to make a decision to follow Christ. Everything in me, I need peace with the Lord. Come on, come on, come on, come on. If you raised your hand or you didn't raise your hand, come on, come on, come on. I'm going to make a decision to follow Christ wholeheartedly. Come on, come on.
worship you. Father, bless your people. Let your joy be on their homes today as we leave today. Let your joy be on their home. Every blessing of the Lord, the peace of heaven, the joy of the Lord is their strength. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Lord, I thank you for your blessing and your anointing on every home. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. God bless you. Hallelujah.